You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to the Critical Commentary Watch Long Podcast, uh, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations, uh, as is much of Riverdale. I am one of your hosts, Ryan, and uh, from not these territories, my co-host comes. Hey, I'm Chloe, and I'm joining you from Suminus uh, and Sunamook territory. So quite Chloe, close to, quite close to Penelocket territory as well. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's important to note that uh, yesterday or the day before on Instagram, Cole Sprouse posted a story uh, where. Uh, which was just a sort of wide shot of Pops with the lights slowly going off. <laughs> yes. That was it. That was the whole Instagram story. Yes, yes, yes. They did indeed just rap. Um, they did. They did. Uh, and from the scuttlebutt, it sounds like still pretty 50s right up to nearly the end. Well... At least with the last stuff they're filming. So who knows? This is also, um, as I, time is a flat circle, Chloe. I had that yes. realization and that click moment right around the middle of the Grundy scene. Everything, every ending is a beginning. We're beginning where we ended. And I feel like we're about to end ourselves in the moment before episode one season one just possible. genre shifted it's possible um that would be such a fun unex for me unexpected that's not the ending i expect <laughs> uh i don't really know what ending i expect at this point everything yeah. would be unexpected which is nice yeah my expectations are um <laughs> dubious confused hard hard unclear unclear um i've been i've been waiting for a boom as far as world shifting but it seems like the big pop-off here is mccarthyism and fascism in america which yeah topical yeah very topical uh ryan and i also learned just before we hopped onto this podcast uh, mm. That Dr. Werther is sort of, it seems, loosely based on a Dr. Wortham who led a crusade against comic books in the 50s in the United States, which resulted in uh, a book burning of comic books uh, that was attended by, uh, in real life, the Girl Scouts of America. And we do have some sort of vaguely Boy Scout-ish, cadet-y looking people overseeing the book burning in this episode. There are children, so. there are scoutmasters doing stings. People are just taking books. Like, it's yeah. a thing that you can just take people's books and leave and not give them back. Yeah, it's not settling. It's jarring. Um, and, like, with... Not to dig too topical, but like, oh, who who would ever steal a child's book off their shelf? Every single authoritarian <sighs> figure ever. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. But sometimes it feels that way. 
Well, a half a dozen current ones, at least, in my peripheral yeah. radar. Um, yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing that Riverdale is exploring that I've actually been thinking about a lot, partly since becoming a parent. Um, mm. And I don't want to, you know, have a complete derail and talk about just this for the entire episode. But I do want to touch on it briefly, which is that we adults really like really do like to be able to control children Mm. um, Mm. and control Mm -hmm. the realities of children Mm -hmm. and i find this disturbing i think often it is motivated by protection and that i definitely understand i Mm -hmm. definitely understand that but i find at the heart of a lot of debates about what is appropriate for teenagers or what is appropriate for children is truly a fear that the legal adults feel like they're not in control of the reality Mm. of the minors. Right. And I'm not really sure what that is about, and I'm not well educated enough about it to give a really solidly baked opinion, but hot take, Hmm. now that I'm on the adult side of experience Mm -hmm. and on the parenting side of experience, I am a little disturbed by the fact that we do want to control the realities of children and youth and we are fearful of not controlling them. I just think it's Mm -hmm. interesting. I don't really understand it. I don't really know why that is. I've, I I, personally, I, I have attributed this, this observation, my own parents and other parents and my friends' parents in historical figures, blah, 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 to um, security and anxiety, security and fear. Um, and being tied to fear, I think, is what makes these impulses and these relationships and connections so particularly vulnerable to exploitation, um, Mm. by, by human, by human groups in whatever shape, form, uh, doing a thing, um, by poking a rage button and a fear button, which Mm. are... Often the same button, but kind of in a like toilet, toilet half flush kind of a way, I think. (laughs) Not sure which is which. Um, Yeah. I, that's, that's, that's been my um, understanding of it, I guess. Um, But also I've got no kids. It's a different, different world out here in single, single land. Well, no, sure, but we all have the experience of having been the child of either the state or of parents yes. or both, you know? Yes, being a child and the powerlessness that comes with that. Yeah, like, I think one of the few universal experiences that we have is the experience of a childhood. Mm. Mm. Um, and um, so I don't think that me being a parent, like, makes me the expert on this by any means. I think that... Mm-hmm we all have sort of an innate expertise in this because we've all experienced what it means to be controlled by adults. Mm-hmm. I remember encountering attempt to control our realities. Sorry. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Yes. I, I remember encountering in, in university when um, looking in into the, like the nuts and bolts theory of, of people talking about human rights and viol- and uh, you know, the, the let's sit down, have a symposium about what, what the nuances of this term mean kind of conversations. Um, something that jumped out at me and really threw me was the idea of um, uh, 
children as a marginalized group, um, mm-hmm. children, children's human rights, mm-hmm. uh, as, as a conversation that's immediately relevant to, in, 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 in every society, um, in a way that is, was sneaky. Um, like thinking of, uh, you know, kids, we know kids are vulnerable, um, but we, we don't always respect kids in giving, in, in considering their agency in these matters the same way. Sure. And, and, um, I don't think many of us are well-versed in really balancing the ethics of controlling someone's freedom versus ensuring someone's safety. And that's something that we are all asked yeah. to constantly do as parents and as adult humans in the world. And yeah, we need more ethics courses in, in elementary school. Yeah. I, yes, I would agree. Yeah. And that, um, that brings up another interesting point. You said both as parents as a, and as adults in the world mm. or something like that. And I think that that points toward an interesting thing, which is that, um, mm even if you're not like directly responsible for a dependent who is a minor, um, the world is still kind of built around mm-hmm. what adults are able and not able to do. And yes. so um, the privileged group in this particular dynamic that we're talking about creates the systems that leave children and youth vulnerable um, mm-hmm. and so I, uh, and I will say just very briefly, side note, don't want to go into this either. I do know that the abuse of the abuse by children of their parents exists. I do know mm. that. And I do understand that, um, that is real. Um, there are exceptions to every rule. There are exceptions to every system of power. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think it was interesting the way you framed that as mm-hmm. all adults are responsible for the um, marginalization of children. Anyway. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank uh, you. Which is relevant to Riverdale <laughs> because uh, all of these characters technically are vulnerable minors who are yeah. trying to navigate reality. Yeah, and I think the show seems more aware of that than ever before. Um, Mm -hmm. all in all sorts of ways that I have feelings and reactions to, uh, this episode is especially, um, Archie's building horror at the world around him. The last three or four episodes jumps out at me uh, in particular as well. Also, I loved the just like, oh, we couldn't get Charles Melton in the schedule for this episode. We're just not going to mention Reggie. It's fine. <laughs> it may have been budgeting. It costs like one less, one less. I, I think he's a series. I think he's a regular. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. E- easily, easily shrunk scaled. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I just thought it was funny. There was like no, sh- no moments in Archie's bedroom. There's just no moments oh, of the yeah. basketball court. It's just like, we're just not mentioning Reggie this episode. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Shifting camera slightly. He's been functionally the lead character for three or four episodes. Yeah. It's 
been a nice run actually. Yeah. I would love to use Archie's growing horror at the world as a way as like a jumping point if you wanted to jump into the episode. Yes, let's. I mean, that's the broadest segue we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> um load up your recordings, gang, if that's a thing you do, and clicking play to sync with the Netflix Badoom in three, two, one, play. Badoomba. And then there's another sound, and it doesn't hurt me the same way. They listened. Yeah. Brooding jazz music. Yeah. This was such a, like, smoky, kind of thoughtful scene to start the episode with. And then we're like, classroom! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice, like beginning of a retrospective memoir bibliography from the 50s i'm thinking of the the film catch me if you can Mm. not the film itself but the genre the wider genre of kind of crimey heisty hijinks from mid-century yeah 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 oh i love that like that is really interesting that they start with sort of a tableau yeah, there's such theatricality in this episode. Um, I I was enthralled by what they did with these monologues. Um, not not because they're magic magic performances so much as the the artistic choice to have to have this cast perform teenagers performing monologues theatrically on film. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. It worked, and I thought it worked, and I I thought it was very clear what they, what they were doing with that as well. Yeah. Right. As at least with any familiarity with with uh, live theater performance and like basic recitation, and God, the monologue is an absurd form to introduce kids to to theater. And more, I see it in TV. <laughs> That's true. Hello, Mrs. Blossom. I was expecting a little more from Mrs. Blossom. Agreed. Julian's horror. Such a good oh, shot. So that good. just little cutaway of them looking to each just. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think she's done being this person necessarily yeah. yet. I I think there's time for payoff, um, especially as. I I think. I can only see Clifford tightening his grip in the next few steps. Of yeah. Also, sorry, I was distracted by the fact that like the red man is just coming to Riverdale and they're both wearing red. <laughs> anyway. Uh, red menace is in this podcast, Chloe. Yes. Even he can't get a teacher uh, fired without just cause or evidence. <laughs> Hermione's like, Hermione, look, Veronica's like, nerd. Oh, the return of Veronica's parents this episode as well. Really, I liked what they both did. I really liked both of their performances. Yeah. Um, I did too. Um, I just noticed that we get, uh, here's a Cole's notes of what McCarthyism is. Yes. Yes, it's a wonderful summary. I do, well, I just wonder about the viewers of this show. I don't know who mm. the viewers of this show are for the most part. If they're us, if they're teenagers younger than, if they're teenagers, 
I've been a teenager mm-hmm. in a decade and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, two decades, I suppose, technically. One and a half. Doesn't matter. Um, uh, and this great set. I don't know where they got this from. It's a beautiful set. I love it. Oh, there's the Babylonian. Where are they? Where is this? Newsies. This no, is... but like, where, where is this? Is this a soundstage in LA? Is this here in Vancouver? Where is this? I yeah. yeah, I have no idea. I do not recognize. Anyway, yes, you're saying. Um, um who might not know what McCarthyism is? Yeah, is my yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is watching yeah. this? Who doesn't know what McCarthyism is? The the casual education component of pop culture to just refresh yeah. us all every few years on bad reality. Yeah. Well, this is a viscerally terrifying scene. I can feel Cheryl's pain, anxiety, and 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 terror oozing i want to run for her of a condition it's so interesting this particular type of homophobia where it's almost mentionable provided you talk about it in certain terms rather than just being unmentionable yes 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 it's um she's still she's still a blossom before she's a queer Right, which exactly. is yeah, but we also know that being a blossom doesn't entitle her to personhood. Yeah. So yeah, we're playing with fire all over this, 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 this mental health and identities. Yeah. <sighs> oh, the list. Also, I I appreciate that they're linking. That they're showing the historical link typically made by people like Senator McCarthy between queerness and communism. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The pink um, scare. I don't really know that much about that link. Um, mm. But I. Yeah, I just appreciate that they're putting this in the episode if they're doing a bit of education about McCarthyism. Absolutely. They're showing the roots of some of, like, some homophobia in and queerphobia in the United States in this episode. Yep. Communism. Anyway. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, all the bad guys are in, in league with each other, and everyone we don't like is there, over there. Mm. All the same. All in league, all together. All these little musical theater dancers. Yeah. I think um, the River Vixens hook recenters Cheryl's youth. Yeah. Nicely. Um, and especially the way that she is almost manically trying to justify to herself somehow not doing the obvious that she has to do. Yeah. It's interesting that they had Hiram be <clears throat> just a scoundrel. Yes. So far, anyway, rather than a power-hungry villain who mm-hmm. violently plays children off each other. Yeah. You know? Uh, he's just hu- kind of a schmuck. He's he's rescaled to this genre reset in time. He's, he's season yeah. one schmuckery. Quite... Quite pointedly, season one schmuckery. Um, this is this is another times a flat circle land in my brain in my mind. Um, we 
if we end up with Veronica and her mom striking out on their own in Riverdale to get away from Hi- getting away from Hiram's legal problems, yeah, that's that's the, the setup of season one. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mark and Suelo. I miss you. Time is a flat circle. Maybe that is the entire point of the show. Yes. Did you miss Mark Consuelo? That's nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't miss Hiram Lodge. I missed um, no. what he brings no. out of Camila Mendez. Their chemistry together, um, and the yeah. the utter the utter oozing. Um, uh, 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 under hidden, hidden second, hidden reason. Um, yeah. And he's, he's, um, he's Desi Arnaz. He's Ricky Ricardo as well in the same, same thread. Yeah. Sorry. We're on hiatus. That was a Riverdale reference. And there's another Riverdale reference coming up here. Where is it? (laughs) Such big things of your program. Uh, yes. Especially the it kind of went downhill um, after that. I um, feel like that's a um, comment people make about Riverdale. I like I like the um, direct comparison, anyway. especially because it makes moment. Very fun. Her- Hermione into um, Lucille Ball. And I love me Lucille Ball. Did you know she produced Star Trek? Yes. Yeah. You should all know that gang. Lucille Ball's great. What? What? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um... Ooh. Whether it is no blur. I actually was so embarrassed for Julian that I, uh... I have to say I turned the audio off in this scene the first time I watched it. I was like, <laughs> no! Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I... F- fabulous choice, especially if he's about to die tragically. Who? Um, Which one of them? Ju- well, Julian. Um, just the 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 okay. the, hub- the hubris about life and death. Um, also, I love that this is the oh, guy yeah. that Hiram picks out to pick on to make himself look big in front of the kids. Like he nailed it as far yeah. as who it's to. Good. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. Such a jerk. Yeah. This is a great dress on Betty. Side note. Yes. These are wonderful colors. They're also the Riverdale colors in a dress. Speaking of jerks. Jerks, jerks, jerks all around. Well, um, let's be realistic, Betty. Mm. Blue and gold has never qualified as hard-hitting journalism. How did journalism. you feel about this scene, Ryan? Because... Student journalism, it's, it's, it's totally expected. It's not like you have to learn that somewhere or anything, right? Hmm. But that day is not today. Yeah, you do have to learn it somewhere. So... Her mom is in league with Featherhead, is what I'm getting from the typewriter's kidnapping. I guess so. Um, I can't think of, uh, like, what else 
what else it would be. Mm hmm. Um, so this scene, um, everyone crawls deeper into the closet together. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of all the solutions they could come up with, I thought this was one that kept them safe and made for like a fun narrative. Mm -hmm. So on that rubric, I like it. Uh, it being necessary at all is very troubling, of course. Yes. Um, I also... The, uh, okay, so Evelyn's fantastic antagonism here. But, um, I like the... the um, so there's a, there's a very petty um, conflict in losing the river vixens, and there's a very weighted conflict of being each other's beards, um, and they are kind of lined up and adjacent and the the petty one floats away and is handily handed off but the real one the one that's physically protecting them we still gotta play that lie yeah you, yeah they do still have you. to play that lie <laughs> KJ Appa's confusion in this whole thing, um, I find delightful. Yeah, I love how he knows they're evil, but he doesn't really know how to manage them. He's just like, yeah. I'll they're try evil, to do my best. Bleh. But why and what and how? It's, yeah, it... Yeah. He knows they're doing <laughs> an evil thing. I don't know that he's quite gotten to the point where he's like, oh, this is a bad person. I'm still getting some degree of puppy dog, especially with everything Uncle Frank is pulling. Consistently. Yeah. Pulling. The jerk. I like Frank less and less as we continue. Remember when he was a yeah, war Frank criminal a, mercenary? Interesting... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting how they kind of tried to position Frank as like sometimes a good father figure for the era that he is in and mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just kind of a dick <laughs> you know deeply the worst um was that Betty's Betty's FBI boyfriend doing the the spook I think tracking? it is I love it I, I yes. love it Re reuse your at cast yeah. this is at this point, these these characters are masks to be cycled through, and archetypes and stereotypes and figures to be just. I love it. Reuse your cast. Also, get the money, local actors. Get the money. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I'm liking this scene more on the second watch because mm. it, um. It, I, I sort of found it a little unbelievable. I was like, oh, I get it. It's a metaphor for people banning books now in the United States. Mom's calling mm -hmm, other moms. Mm -hmm. But never mind, this happened. <laughs> right, right. History they... is just the present, rather, is just the past <laughs> with the new outfit. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Um, love that it circle. leads to piracy and underground, underground markets, which, yep, that's what we do. Um I like thinking how Mr. Fieldstone here, the publisher, has been th been through layers of censorship before in his old career. 
as I as we yes you know clock the fact that we are once again repeating a layer of censorship to no small degree in many places. Does she bring home her typewriter from the blue and gold office, <laughs> or is this a continuity? <sighs> no, yes, yes. I think that I think that's what it is. You're right, because um, it shut down, so she won't need it. Oh, now I understand. So Alice stole hers. And so she just walked away with the blue and golds after being shut down and is going like full Bridgerton. I I like it. (laughs) It's great. Oh, I like that they've got a, they've got an error on there. She had to scroll back and type over a word. I remember doing that on my parents' typewriter. Fantastic detail. Oh, that skitter fear. <laughs> oh, the jump scare of doing an art that your guardians judge you for. Oh, poor child. I feel you. Yeah. That was a good piece of uh, physical acting from KJ App. I, like, felt that jump. <laughs> yep. 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 Caught. <sighs> um, yeah. Not to get... Serious not serious about not to get ahead of ourselves. But I... Can't help but suspect that we're going to circle around to Affair with Miss Grundy being an awful rumor that somebody decides is preferable to something like studying poetry. That's oh god, that's my prediction. As yeah, um, given her heavy, heavy reintroduction later. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with that plot, and I'm concerned. We did this already. I'm on board. I trust them. I don't know. At this point, I'm giving them a, a, a good shot to unpack that a little bit, a little bit more. Um, so yeah. the FBI Maybe. is investigating me. Oh boy, Hi, I did like the way that this episode kind of eked out Hiram and uh, Veronica's plotline. Yes. I really yes. didn't know, because we've seen the, in, uh, this character as a villain in so many different iterations over the various seasons of Riverdale. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I didn't know where it was going. And they, like the show mm-hmm. plays mm-hmm. with that, you know? They know that Very much. we don't know what's going to happen because this character is ridiculous, usually. Yeah, at this point, if he was coordinating with Castro to overthrow the president, yeah, I'd, I'd believe that plot. I, I, we'd, we'd <laughs> do it and then move on next episode. Go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so is it just like... Take all the time you need to decide to say yes to this illegal activity I'm asking you to do. <laughs> and how even, like, even in 1955, would they not expect you to show a ticket? Or some... I don't or a passport know. stamp? Has Veronica frequently been to Cuba? I don't know how any Cuba? of this works. I, I, but, I, I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I guess you could fraud a lot more easily back then you, than you could now in details like that I guess so um 
I don't know how hard passport, how hard it was to fake a passport in 1955. I'm going to go ahead and assume it was easier than it is now. <laughs> Once again, I circle back to the wonderful Leonardo DiCaprio film, Catch Me If You Can. Yes. A lot of great, great contact on his historical forgery in that one. So, yeah. Archie's going to be getting... I loved this line delivery. I don't know what about it, but... Archie's just getting spooked by Veronica going off into a car with an obvious secret agent. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very, like, this is the button in the television show from 1955. <laughs> Veronica? What a fantastic way to use her plot line to pump up tension in his plot line. Just incidentally. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this is so, relationship is so sweet. Yes. And this extended, lovely dynamic that they have built up with Miss Thor Ms. Thornton. Um, Thornton? Thornton. Um, is, Thornton, yeah. This is a big part of what gives me faith, that they are running a redemption arc on the uh, the Grundy plot. In some capacity. And I was shocked and surprised. And I did not expect it. Because I didn't expect that level of self-awareness from this show. But I I believe they may be surprising me. Mm. There's a lot in this episode that suggests to me. Um, a lot of re reflection and self-awareness on the sloppiness of those early seasons. And some ideas and themes and questions that can be done better. Also, The Crucible is a great play. Lovely, lovely play. It is. I think there's an anachron... Oh, no, it is. It was published in 1953. For a sec, I thought it was mm. an anachronism. It wasn't published yeah. until 1957. But You're right. That, but that is a close line, though. Like, reading the new Arthur Miller. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine having a teacher who had a hot inline to the new Arthur Miller play? <laughs> like, even well, I mean, if it was published by Dramatic Press or whatever it's called, you could probably could just buy it. I suppose. I guess. I guess maybe people were bought more plays back then. Well, English teachers, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Publishing this was a whole so different fun. thing everywhere. I love how this is filmed. I love the hijinks of this. It's it's so like heisty thrillery. Um, not heisty, but um, the 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 scam of it, the scheme of it that all goes wrong and falls apart, and how charming yeah. the whole experience is. It, it's a good yeah, good absolutely. light crime comedy. <laughs> oh, Cheryl. Buddy, I love what you said about leaning into Cheryl's youth in this episode, which this whole scene yeah. is like speaking to. Yeah, that shot we just finished with her eyes bulging, uh, at as she tries to talk herself into some circle that doesn't hurt. Yeah. M meanwhile, experienced gays have got it sorted out for you. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the 
there's a lot to be said for bearding. And here's what I mean when I say that. Hmm. I Obviously, I wish we could all just be ourselves safely and live our lives and be left alone. That is what mm-hmm. I wish. But of all the safety precautions to take, I think access to the economic stability of a heterosexual relationship or a marriage with the understanding that you can live your life outside of that legal arrangement, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I see the validity in that safety, for sure. Well, I see the validity... And, uh, I definitely don't judge it. Yeah. I, I see it so much in, in many other exploits of marriage contracts. Um healthcare mm-hmm. exploits, sometimes immigration exploits. Like I, 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 I think really gen- pragmatically generationally, a lot of folks I know uh, have to look at those realities. Um, and in this case, safety from societal violence is right there with healthcare. Yeah, Dental even. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> You need me to lie. I wonder... Mm. I mean, I don't wonder. If Hiram was even trying. Or if this was his plan A. Videl Maestro. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I thought it was cute how they named his mistress his real-life wife's name. (laughs) That was fun. Fantastic. I... Uh, who they don't and don't pseudonym no is interesting i think i i'm i i want to revisit that one day um who does and doesn't get a fake name and who's what historical figures are named straight yeah veronica especially plays hard and fast with all of that It's interesting that you bring up the morality clause with the studio. I feel like yes. that may be a subtle Riverdale reference as well. Like maybe we've got a little bit of like, uh, I wanted to do different stuff with this show, but I got stuck. Certainly reminding the world that that's a thing that exists and is pretty route with the studio system as our film and television system surges back towards the early indentured servitude studio system at alarming rights. Yeah. I find morality clauses really disturbing, to be honest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just really, you, really disturbing. You can do a bad thing, but there's, uh, there's a financial penalty. Also, you can do a thing that's not bad, but which we judge you for and have the same financial penalty. Have fun. Yeah. Represent our company. Ugh. Yeah, you should be asking me for forgiveness is what I thought that line was going to be. And the fact that you yep. said mercy instead, I thought was a really cool choice. Yes, I agree. I agree. Hair flip. F- fabulous. And they know how to be it's cute. Little <laughs> nose boop. Oh, Cheryl. <laughs> Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoyed Clay and Tony, Tony enjoying Clay. this performance. These are adorable beards. What can I say? <laughs> um, and their their deep That's flippancy. The second hair flip, Cheryl. Flippancy, <laughs> and um, <laughs> every reaction shot of Evelyn is golden. Yeah. 
Okay, then monologue. Okay, then Ooh. then John Proctor. Sorry, who? Yeah. Uh, there was a there's some people on the wall and I don't know who they are, but it's not interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the fact that Archie Andrews got chose this monologue that is like this play Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's dated now but it's a beautiful play like it is beautiful everything around tituba is dated Uh, as hell anyway um but there's a great deal oh yeah i knew it was there somewhere (laughs) (laughs) a friend of mine was in in the crucible recently and i didn't i didn't have to ask who she was playing just Mm. oof because it was a fairly stock acting program. And I was right. Anyway. Um, full full theater ham. And I liked that. Full which? Sorry? Full theater ham. Like. Oh, yeah. They, they had him go so big here. I loved it. And then for yeah, Cheryl to like. Yeah, and what I loved about that is. It would be so affecting if you were in English class and one of your classmates stood up and started crying when they did their monologue. Like, you wouldn't be interested in... Like, yeah. I love that KJ yeah. Appa allows yeah. Archie not to be a great actor, you know? But he is emoting and he yes. uses it. And it's, like, the character is, I mean to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. The choice not to make it a a clean delivery anyway like they tapped into again the youth like that was that was a very young raw delivery of someone who's not trained but who is getting it who's hitting that that emotional vein that Hiram while pompous was you know circling around realistically hmm I hereby willing yeah um yeah it was cool I really I think it's hard when you're pretty, like, when you know how to act, to then play someone who is not an actor. I think that's hard. (laughs) I imagine that's hard anyway. Absolutely. Um, And then to do it in a way that's actually emotionally effective? Wild. Mm -hmm. Nice feet. Like, nice nice layers and layers and layers all this cast is is playing with. Hmm. Yeah. Lovely little blip of idealism. Aww, Lovely little reptile. I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. These four buds just looking out for each other, doing their best. It's nice. Queer found fam. Just just stick a queer found family in any story. It'll make it better. Mm. It'll take over the story. Choney took over the story. Prove me wrong, Riverdale. Don't make them end game. <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun vintage prop. Really delightful. Yes. Lovely filming. Frost on the bottle. Also, I like how they were just like, were suddenly. Oh, yeah. And by the way, remember that love triangle that dominates yes. this entire franchire? We're just going to yeah. get Veronica and Archie to kiss again. Yep. 
and they just like effectively fast forwarded it. Like these are these are these are young people who've learned some stuff from their recent hijinks and are now choosing to be emotionally present with each other in unheard of ways. It's great. Like we we've seen them fail so good. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And sting. <laughs> I was definitely like, <laughs> first of all, the sunglasses on Jughead, but also I the minute this like Boy Scout type character sat down, I was like, oh no, something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, your kid, this kid's a cop. <clears throat> yep. Um, another moment of physical acting. Uh, Jughead's reaction to this sting right here. Flying out yeah. of the chair as if I'm he's. <laughs> Do I recognize that actor from somewhere? The scout chief. I don't know. The we'll scout master. Sorry. We'll have to Google that one. I didn't. Uh, I didn't at first watch. Just compare notes after. Mm. In secret, Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Legit published artist, and she is. A, like, I don't know how yeah. wide their distribution is, but dude. Talks to publishers all around the country, That's apparently. Exactly. These two are so good. <laughs> and these two are yeah. so toxic. These two are so deeply <laughs> oh, toxic. Oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> Want to watch my show about how great a dad I am? Oh, man. <laughs> this, I just... Every the, you're right. The, these two actors have such great chemistry, and I love moments like that where you're just eating with someone and you're annoyed by the way they're eating. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. very evocative, very fun. Yep, yep. You will find anything about them to be to be bad. And then this strangely heavy scene. Like yeah. they they know how heavy this is. They play it. Yes, I, I'm worried. As much. But it also, like, it's, yeah. it's just so uncomfortable. As much cusp of flirtation as they have in this, in this dynamic, um, I think they firmly end on a note of appropriate dynamics. Um, Landing hard on her husband, who is here, who is a present part of her life, who is a poet, who she wants to introduce Archie to. Um, yes. Not, you know, not that there's not a whole bunch of other tropes that could be delved into or done poorly there, but um, it's a change, and they end in a wholesome beat, echoing the the scene with Mrs. Thornton, to my mind. Um, I am, yeah, I'm hopeful from this. Hmm. Well, sure. Yeah, uh, let us remain hopeful. Let's be yeah. hopeful. Right there. Swans, but it is Grandy. interesting, her appearance, going back to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. going back to time is a flat circle. Her appearance makes me feel like we're getting to the end, because that was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very much. 
Um, this is episode 13 of 20. Episode 20 is on August 23rd. We have another episode next week. Okay. And then it's unknown and amorphous what will happen between that time. Half measures, full measures. Your full measure is to go full Nazi, dude. Your full measure is to go, like, hard. And... uh, (laughs) So... So evil. (laughs) Hmm. What did you think of... We've been watching this show for so long, Ryan. Veronica's uh, monologue. Yeah, fun choice. Uh, yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. I like that they gave her something much subtler in contrast to the the utter noob emoting. Um, she has been exposed to a lot of performance. And I think it comes across in her choice yeah. and, and her delivery very effectively. Um Again, in a very nuanced play, uh, play of the the details of this character. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I I uh, I like that you noticed that. I did not notice that. Mm. I also like that Grundy is here, just being a normal teacher presence, not not sexy side eye cutaways constantly. Not that. I'm also here for blackmailing yeah. Hiram. I'm always here for blackmailing Hiram. Yes. It's the best way to get anything out of him, apparently. Veronica knows it. If anything will help calm. I didn't do it either. I did it for mom. And then it's... We circle back to Hermione. In a big and meaningful way. Yeah, that was a lovely scene. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was um I was struck in this in this performance how um the 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 uh, Mark and Swallow's, um the, there's a firmness and a fakeness that he performs very very well. Um. And when he loses loses a little control under that, just there's a lovely lovely beat um, that I think he, uh, in particular, uses the 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 added wrinkle and detail on his face in the last ten years, really effectively, um, in a con- like controlled way to to emote sort of scathing uh, moments in between the flat the flat fake dad. Happy dad. Yeah. Good dad. Yeah. Somebody's popular. I loved this. I, w- I didn't really know where this plot was going to go, but I thought this was so fun. I love where it's going. And can you imagine getting a bag I'm of so mail? I'm so excited to find out what's in all these envelopes with Betty. How many emails would that even be? How much anxiety would that cost me in email form? But what thrill that is <laughs> in a mailbag. Uh, yeah. Marisol Nichols. Oh my god, I did not notice Hermione's purse on the first watch. Oh, her stole, her purse, her dress. She is immaculate, and Veronica is dressed to receive her. 
such a difference between stumbling over Hiram's bag. Yeah, I mean, there's that as well. Uh, I did notice the dress on Veronica, but I didn't think anything of it on the first Mm. watch. But you're so right. She is dressing to receive her. That's so fun. Mm -hmm. I loved the the choice of accent um, that Marisol Nichols has put on um, in this iteration of Hermione. Um, There's a very clean, crisp, proper English being articulated and dictated um, that mm. uh, I think was was a big aspect of respectability politics um, always, but in the, in the era, these very clean English-American maybe a touch of transatlantic at most details, um, especially yeah. for a Latina woman, woman in Hollywood. Um, yeah. And she relaxes strategically um, and is for Veronica performing little bits of her Hollywood character in a nice unraveling kind of way. Like an honest, an honest expression showing her the facade in a you're in on it way here. That's That's interesting. That's interesting. I love all those little things you're picking up. I, uh, I don't fully trust this version of Hermione yet. <clears throat> yeah, and we shouldn't, I guess. Hermione's always also been a crime boss or reality TV show star. Hermione's always been her own kind of Terry Hatcher character. Wild card. Yeah, that's true. So these fools. That is true. These stupid, stupid, greedy little fools selling all of your comic books. You fools. Yeah. I mean, I understand the desire for some fast money when you're a teenager. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah. Still. Surprised by the, by the, the, um, the uptake. Oh, um, I was also reading Dilton, um... This isn't the same actor from season one, but it is the actor who mm. originally played Dilton in the pilot. Uh, Daniel oh, Yang, no I believe is his name. So not only is he holding his age very, very well and in, in line with the rest of the cast. Um, yeah, that's how lovely to get to return to a character in some totally. such capacity. Yeah. I... Okay, yeah, I guess I guess I had a lot I liked about that one. I, I had a lot to chew on in that one. Um, they gave me a lot of theater junk. A lot of nerdy theater junk. Yeah, <sighs> it was a super fun episode. I I felt like I wasn't as crazy about it on the first watch, but second second watch, I'm I'm all in. It's a great episode. And uh, next week we get fourteen. Um, and then maybe mm-hmm. probably some kind of hiatus because we got to get to August 23rd somehow. And there are six episodes remaining after next week. Six. Oh my God. I can't, I cannot believe 
I said this earlier in the episode, in the yes, in this episode, but I can't mm-hmm, believe mm-hmm, how long mm-hmm. we've been watching this show. <laughs> yeah, we we did start watching in season one. We didn't. We we started podcasting in season two, um, but we were we were texting each other in season one. I think that's true, how we ended up be- doing this. <laughs> like Riverdale has been such an interesting doorway into pop culture for me because mm. I. I d- my my parents are very like snobby about the kind of television they watch, which is great. You know, consequently, I got mm-hmm. introduced to some really like mm-hmm. interesting highbrow television really young, which is great. But um, I I didn't like experience pop art all that often in television form, and I I think I was sick or something, or I was having a mental Mm. health day, and I just decided to watch the first season of Riverdale, and I loved it, and I was telling (laughs) you about it, and yeah, and now we're here somehow. Fantastic. Time is not only a flat circle, but it is um, a fleeting, ephemeral, non-existent, unreal, conceptual thing. Poof. Ah. (laughs) Ah. Well, perhaps on that note, we'll see you next week, gang. We'll see you next week, gang. Ta for now. Ta for now.